Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a special edition of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marchalina. Joining me again is Derryfield AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing? Doing all right, Joe. And, you know, always, always tough when the season comes to a close a little earlier than you want. A little more free time on my hands than I thought I'd have today. But, hey, you know, it's uh, it was great to be out playing again this season. I'm super proud of the the kids and the way we way we played. And, you know, we got better as the season went on. So, you know, all in all, doing all right, man. Yeah, that, that how you doing might have been the most loaded question I asked today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> always a tough always a tough one, you know. You know, you try to be polite after games uh, talking to coaches, but always tough to say, oh, how you doing, uh, you know, after after uh, a, a tough loss. Um, yeah, we are – so um, we are, like I said, we're doing a special edition today. Uh, we've got uh, a bunch of semifinal games to talk about from the last couple days. We got some, some really good ones. games. Yeah, some great games uh, across the board, I think. Um, and then three championship games to preview for Saturday. So this this special edition is gonna t- is gonna focus on uh, you know the boys side of things uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, we will get to the girls finals. We're gonna actually recap all six championship games in next week's show when we get back to our our regular schedule of uh, of posting these on Thursday morning. So. Uh, if you, you turn this on uh, Friday morning to listen to um, us talk about the girls' games, sorry, you're going to have to wait a few more days. We only have so much room in our brains to, uh, to get this stuff out. So, so we got to – Don't worry, Joe. I got, I got the Dairyfield <laughs> girls covered. I was there for Excellent. all four hours, <laughs> four hours of the rain yeah. delay. It was, oh, uh, <laughs> my. <laughs> I know. We will get them, we'll get them their due. They deserve it. That was I, a, you, both, yeah. Hopkins, both Hopkinson and Dairyfield played just an outstanding game. So I'm looking forward to recapping that one next week with you. That'll I be think, good. I think I drove all the way from Exeter back to Nashua by the time you were done up there. <laughs> uh, you definitely did. You definitely did. <laughs> Well uh, worth it, though. Well oh worth yeah. it. Exciting yeah. game. Well, before we get started, I uh, would like to once again announce that uh, the Ninth State Sports Show is proudly sponsored by Roger, Roger Howe of the Bean Group. Are you thinking of selling your home? Now may be the time. Just like the weather, the market is hot and interest rates remain at all-time lows. It's time to call Roger Howe, a licensed professional realtor with the Bean Group. Not sure what your home is worth? Roger will provide a market analysis for you at no charge. With 12 years of experience in residential, commercial, leasing, and investment properties, Roger knows your local market. Contact Roger Howe of the Bean Group at 800-450-7784 or 603-247-1583 or send him an email at roger at rhowrealestate.com. All right. Uh, where do you, I, you know, we should probably start with, uh, I mean, with the first games of, of the week, that would be, uh, the division one boys semis. Uh, those were on, uh, Tuesday and, um, a couple of games that, uh, you know, one, we kind of thought we would, um, know the outcome. Uh, the other one, I think maybe a little more up in the air, but, but probably lean in one way. And that's, uh, you know, with Bishop Girton playing Bedford, uh, and then Exeter hosting Pinkerton in a game that that just kept uh getting moved up and moved up uh so far to the point that i wasn't able to make it out there in time to exeter for the game uh which is a bit of a bummer but as from what i hear it was uh it was like 100 degrees on the field uh for that game so maybe i'm I'm even kind of glad i didn't make it i Uh, i think it had to be at least at least 100 degrees you know if it was you know at at game time what the game kicked off at what three o'clock three o'clock yeah yeah yeah, so at that time it was easily in the mid 90s there, and you know the turf, 
easily adds five to 10 degrees. So yeah, I, I'm, I'm betting it was well over a hundred. Good thing. Both teams had, had large benches. I know how it affected both uh, Portsmouth and Dairyfield yesterday by the end of that game. Yeah. So yeah. I, and, and we started at five o'clock, so I can't even imagine what it was and, like at three on uh, a Tuesday there. And you're a little bit closer there. You were a little bit closer there to the seacoast. So we did, we had at least yeah. a little breeze. We had at least a little breeze going, yeah. but um, you know, the, let's, let's start with that Exeter uh, Pinkerton game. Um, let's do it. You know, I so I did I did get to uh, to watch uh, a little uh, most of that game actually uh, on uh, the uh, the FNL uh, NH uh, network. Uh, Nick Anastas there, his uh, his uh, live streaming um, group over there. They they were at that game. It was uh, it was actually I, it's the first time I've really been able to sit down and watch it because usually I'm at a game while he's at a game. So. Uh, you know, I got to tell you, if there's anything that comes out of the pandemic that stays, I hope it's this. This has been yeah. the best thing that's come out of the pandemic. Absolutely. I mean, that they do the golden pipes of Nick Anastas <laughs> does an amazing. He does an amazing does. job. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's uh, it's been great for the growth of the sport there and great for, you know, you, you as a reporter, you can't make it to every game. Right. But, uh, yeah. You know, coming out of that, what what did you see there? What was it? You know, this one, uh, you know, not surprising that it was a, a lower scoring game to me. I think both teams, you know, coming into it, knew each other very well, knew their tendencies. What what stuck out to you the most in the in the game? Well, before I forget, I want to mention, um, you know, I'm watching the game, and I don't I, I don't know the last time I've seen Exeter play a home game. A lot of times I see them, you know, it's either they're playing at BG or Pinkerton mm. or somewhere, so they're wearing the blues. Uh, and, and if I've seen them at Exeter, it's been in a semifinal and they've been the road to the visiting team, so to speak. And I'm watching the game and I'm going, am I like, are my eyes not working? Are they wearing like off white jerseys? And from what I understand, they were actually wearing, uh, what, what the kids were calling throwback jerseys, but they were actually like gray jerseys from like the early two thousands. Uh, ah, there you go. I, I'm not sure exactly why, but they just decided to wear those uh in in that game so i you know my I'm, my eyes aren't going yet i was actually seeing correctly but you know it, it it looked like uh for most of that game i mean obviously exeter got out to the early lead um pinkerton was chipping away and i think it got to a six five at one point uh midway through that second quarter and and you could almost just see that it looked like pinkerton just hit a wall like they you know they were keeping possession they were putting shots on goal they were scoring moving the ball and then all of a sudden, it just it felt like it stopped. And I'm not I'm 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 not entirely sure you know what what happened there. Um, I haven't had a chance to talk to you know Coach Goudreau yet, other than getting his uh, stats from the game. Um, you know, but it it, it just it, it, Exeter just kind of I don't want to say turned on the Jets after that, but I mean because it was only they they outscored Pinkerton four nothing in the second half. Uh, you know, for twelve five final. But yeah, it was just. It, it just seems so dramatic to me that it just all of a sudden Pinkerton just that was it. Well, to me, what jumps off the, the scoring sheet to me is that, uh, you know, Hunter Druin still got three points, but he didn't he didn't tally a yeah, goal didn't score in the game. Yeah. And and so the defensive game plan surrounding, you know, shutting down Hunter in that way and, you know, saying, OK, we're going to allow the other kids. We're going to let an Uber get a goal. We're going to let Riley get a goal. Um, you know, that, that to me is what really, if, if, if Hunter can't be a playmaker, then, you know, it, it, in this year, in this edition of the Pinkerton team, I think it, it limited their ability to score a little bit. So, uh, you know, kudos to coach Holly and the, in the Exeter Hawks defense there for, for shutting, not an easy, I mean, have you seen Hunter shut down <laughs> at all this season? I mean, outside of, I mean, outside of the BG games. No. Um, I mean, he yeah. did going back and looking here. 
Um, the second time they played, um, he had one goal and one assist uh, in that game. Um, so that was the that was the game back on May twentieth at at uh, Pinkerton. And um, bear with me a second here. He had uh, again he had one goal and two assists in the other game that they played uh, in Exeter. So they so they held them to what. Uh, Two goals and six assists in three games. That's that's pretty that's pretty remarkable. That's yeah. that's a really good job. You know, um, two other things that jump off the page at me: uh, Cole Frank, freshman Cole Frank, going fourteen of 70 percent at the X. Bodes well for Pinkerton's future there. I mean, they've always built. You know, recently within the last ten years, they've always built their teams around great faceoff guys. Uh, you know, Cole looks like he's going to be a staple there for the next three years. And then, um, you know, uh, and so that that doesn't bode so well for for Exeter going into the championship, knowing that JJ yeah. JJ Murphy is waiting for them there and the high powered offense that BG has. But uh, amazing to see Jake Mantell, uh, you know, six points, five goals, one assist. When you know, I Pinkerton seemed like you know maybe they're we're gonna lock down on Spencer, we're gonna lock down on Connor, you know, guys like that. And then you've got a Jake Mantell pop up for six points there, um, you know, so. Uh, as we've talked about all season, Exeter's offense, uh, multifaceted. A lot of guys can step up and put the ball in the back of the net. Um, it's cited, cited to see them play BG. I think if they get the ball enough, I think they're going to be able to put some points on the board, but they've got to get the ball enough, and that's that's going to be an issue. Yeah, they. Um, you bring up the, the face-offs, and I, I think that, yeah, that is going to be an interesting to, thing to see how they handle that because we had one, you know, we'd wondered going into that game, you know, how much would they use uh, Spencer Clark on face-offs, and I think he took maybe two of them, um, and, and I think he won both, uh, but, you know, they didn't, they didn't necessarily need him. As I know they weren't winning them, but, you know, they were still able to, to you know, to get the ball back. Um, and I think that was a, I think that was a smart move, given mm-hmm. the conditions on the field. You know, faceoffs take so much out of a kid, uh, you know, an offensive person, even if Spencer's not scoring goals. The fact that he's out there draw, you know, driving alleys, you know, the ball's in his stick. He's going to command the defense's attention, get him to rotate. Right. It's more important that he was fresh that entire game. So I'm sure that was in the back of Coach Holly's mind is that we don't want to wear Spencer out in the faceoff circle. We're going right. to use him in, in different areas on the field. And, uh, you know, with that in mind, um, the forecast for Saturday in Bedford looks a whole lot different than it did uh, or it has the last couple of days um, around the state. Uh, right now, it's uh, I'm looking at it, it. It's high of 75 uh, humidity, 63 percent rain in the morning, partly cloudy in the afternoon. Um, they don't play that game until 430. So, you know, it's possible we're looking at like, a you know, 72 degrees at the time that the of the first faceoff with with no rain um you know humidity a little high there but but not too bad um so i mean that's i'll take i'll take it compared to yesterday i'm shaking my head all day today (laughs) i'm out doing yard work today enjoying the nice weather and i'm like man why couldn't we have played today like may not have changed anything but you know it definitely it 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 definitely has a nicer feel out there it feels a lot different today yeah i yeah so it's um, it's weird after having such the, the oppressive heat for the last couple of days. So, definitely going to yeah. enjoy it. And and if this is true that rain holds off, or or come, clears out by afternoon, um, that's going to be a fantastic day to be outside. Um, so you know, look at look at the we look at the other semifinal, and um, you know, we we'd seen BG beat uh, Bedford a couple times, um, maybe what two three weeks ago. Um, yep. but from what it sounds like, um, 
you know, this game, maybe maybe BG wasn't as crisp uh, early on as, as they wanted to be. I mean, they got out to a, a 5-1 lead in the first quarter, led 8-3 at halftime, um, you know, and then broke it open with seven goals in the third quarter. Uh, but f- f- it doesn't sound like it was quite as uh, clean an effort from the Cardinals. May not have been as clean, but it's, you know, I'm sure he had something to do with it. And, yeah. you know, you look at the number of guys that BG's able to play, it doesn't surprise me that they outscored him 7 nothing in the in the third quarter there. You know, for Bedford, they I'm sure they emptied the tank in the first half. You know, to that that's pretty good. If you go into halftime down 8-3 to three to BG, you're actually, I mean, again, you're not winning, but, like, you're feeling like, hey, man, we you know, we were, we were hanging with these guys. We were able to run with them. You know, they, they only lost the, the second quarter 3-1. to one. You know, so they it's it's little victories like that. But then, you know, you spent so much energy trying to do that. There is going to be a little letdown coming in the third quarter there. And I think that's, um, you know, that's what Exeter's got to watch out for, too. You know, but but if the temperatures hold the way you thought where you said they were, then they've got a much better chance of being able to sustain that for for a longer period of time there. But looking at the box score, man, just incredible how many different let's say one two three four five six seven eight nine ten different ten guys, guys yeah. scoring at, at least a, at least a point yeah um on the seat uh, on the game there you know um, it's, it's kind of funny though i mean it makes you think about you know you asked me who are the guys to watch on offense and while here we are you know saying yeah 10 guys had a goal in that game um you know the guy who had five 11, those, 11 uh, different point scores 11, tanner yeah, we tanner yeah. tanner mclaughlin getting a getting a point uh, in there too yeah. so um, but it's you know uh, Dawson Clark with five to five goals, two assists to lead them. Um, you know, and a guy that that I think coming into the year we we expected to see games like that from uh, all year, but in some cases you know maybe not a hundred percent, and and he hasn't played or has been come out of games earlier just you know just to to get other guys in and, or because they haven't really needed him to do that. Um, so good to see like that that he's able to have a game like that you know, on this stage and, and potentially is ready um, for another game like that on Saturday against Exeter. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he's also, you saw a coach was able to rotate both his goaltenders in there, Zach Connerty and Dylan Stewart, both got some action in there, both picked up, picked up some saves on the day there too. Not sure we're going to see that in the championship game, but you never know, depending on the way it goes there. Um, but he's, he's definitely got more than uh, enough capable goaltenders in there. <laughs> I think the uh, the official um, tournament program from the NHIA has five uh, on the roster. <laughs> so yeah, if one guy doesn't have it, then uh, then certainly plenty of guys to go to uh, beyond uh, beyond that. Um, you know, and interesting here too, and and this is this has been a fun thing to see in a lot of cases. Um, you know, it happened on the girls' side with with both BG and, and Portsmouth. Um, you know, you could argue that they were the quote-unquote number one seed going into these games uh, and having to wear their road jerseys throughout. BG going into this game uh, Saturday as the visiting team um, and outside of their opening round game against North has been the road team um, throughout wearing the green jerseys. Uh, you know, though, I I, I got to think that that might be, that you know, there's, there's a couple of things going uh, – for and against BG, I think, historically. You know, of course, not playing Pinkerton in the final for the first time uh, since 2012. Um, BG beat Hanover that year, and, and every year since it's been BG or Pinkerton. Um, you know, they're they're going to be wearing the green jerseys, which, uh, I mean, since, what, 2014, the team that has, you know, when it's been Pinkerton and BG, the team that won in the 
regular season, then lost in the final. So that probably means that that team was wearing its home jersey since they were the higher seed, I would think. Um, yeah. The other thing that uh, is a trend that would, would have to, to stop here for, for BG to win, the boys and the girls have never won a championship in the same year. I knew you were going to say that. I'm sure Coach Coach Cameron's not going to be happy with you right now. But, well, uh, I, you know, I am I I am first and foremost a history major. That was my uh, that was my my first love in college. So I like my history. I I go back and I I don't forget things. Well, I don't usually forget things, but um, I think that's I think that's one of those trends that Vegas would love for you to bring <laughs> up because you would you're, you're you're going into a sucker bet at that point. Oh, I believe yeah, you make yeah. your. I believe you make your own luck. I don't believe that trends like that from the past oh, no, have anything to do not. with, with the teams here. Um, well, then why'd you bring it up, Joe? Because I mean, it's fun. Know. It's it's a fun. <laughs> it's you know you know it goes at the bottom of the story with like like the notes. You know, fun facts. It is a fun it, fact. Yeah, it is yeah. a fun fact. Um, well, maybe not so fun if you're a BG fan. No, of course yes. not. Of course not. Yeah. Um, you know, and and for Exeter, this is um, oh, you know, I should have pulled this up in front of me here. This is their first time in the final, I believe, since 2010. Um, which I, if I'm not mistaken, was that that was one of the first years they moved up to Division One, correct? Or have they been have they been in Division One longer than I think? Uh, I'd have to go back and look in the program. I forget. I think they've been no. I think they've been up for since the mid okay. since the mid two thousands. Yeah, it's been it's been a while since they they won a couple. They, you'd have to early look back. On, yeah, they, early they won, on they won. They won a D2. couple D two. Yeah. yeah, they won a couple D two titles, and then I think they moved they moved up after that. Um, and I, it's been, it's been a while. Cause I remember, I remember coaching Tomahawks with some of the, some of the, uh, Exeter great kids, some of the great kids from Exeter there. And they, they had already been playing, they were playing division one at uh, that point. Okay. So, yeah. So 20, 2010, uh, Bishop Girton won that game 15 to 10, uh, which actually also, uh, just so happens to be the first year I was doing this website. So, you know, that's an interesting fun fact too, if you want, if you want more facts. Uh, or more more trivia, I guess I should say, because that really means nothing. Even even less than the jerseys and the in the, you know, what years the boys and girls win. Um, but yeah, so it's been a while since Exeter's been there. Um, you know how how do you how would you handle that for you know as a coach with with a group of kids that's never been on you know in this stage in this position, um, and against a team that that I mean because on the one hand I mean no one probably thinks that you have a shot in this game because you lost to them twice. Um, well, yeah. I think that, I think that's, I think you start there. I think that's, I think that's the way you approach, you know, you, you, you tell the kids, first of all, you, you play with, you play loose, you play with nothing to lose because you really don't. I mean, you can play that card. You can say, look, nobody expects you guys to win this game. We believe in each other in here. We're, we're a family. We, we know that what we're, how we're capable of playing if we play our best, but you know, everybody, everybody else on the outside is doubting you right now. Let's go prove them wrong. Let's prove that we can play with the, not only play with these guys, but let's show that we can beat them. You know, they, they've, they've grown up. A lot of these guys have grown up playing against each other and, and Tomahawks and four leaf and hooligans and all those different club programs They play at high levels already. They play each other at indoor. You know, I think there's, I think there's respect for both programs, but I don't think there's too many kids on Exeter that, that really don't deep down inside believe that, Hey, if we play our best game, we can beat these guys. Will it take everything we got? Yeah, it will. But I, I don't think there'll be too many guys that, you know, it's a, it's a very senior laden team. So I don't think right. the moment's going to be too big for these guys. I don't think when the lights turn on, they're going to be like, Oh my God, we're in a state championship. They, a lot of these guys that, that are playing that are, that are major contributors for them. 
they're going down to Baltimore. They're going to Philly. They're going to, you know, Long Island and they're playing against kids that, you know, they're playing against the top talent in the country. So I really don't think they're going to be intimidated. I'll, I'll be really surprised if Exeter comes out and they're throwing the ball away and they're tight and they're jittery. Like, I just don't see that happening. And I think yeah. coach Holly knows that. I think he can play that card and get these guys excited. You know, I think if anything, I, I think coach Cameron's got the bigger task in, in keeping his kids grounded and making sure that they're not overlooking the opponent. I don't think they will, given given how badly they want to finish off the season that they've had, and and you know potentially you know what what happened the two years previous with, with right, Pickerton. Yeah. I, I doubt it. I think you're going to see two teams playing a, as well as they can possibly play, and um, you know I, I think you're going to see some really, especially if the weather holds like like we say, if we have a night like tonight you're going to see some really high level lacrosse out there. There's some really talented players that we're going to be talking about next year on the podcast when they're going to college. Yeah. I mean, so. you mentioned that, um, you know, what's happened the last couple of times that PG has been in this spot. And I mean, if you really think about it, this is the longest they've gone, you know, without a championship since they won their first one in 2005. I mean, they had a, yeah. they've had two year gaps in there a couple of times. Um, so this is, this is going to be, it's been, you know, if you include last year, which I mean, I, you know, chronologically, yeah, um, it's been it's been three years since they've they've won a championship or three seasons. Um, you know, the the other thing I, I I wonder about too. So both of these regular season games, um, you know, Exeter got off to a, a fast start. Um, you know, the first game I think they were they had the lead up until midway through the second quarter. I want to say. And then in the second game, they, again, had the lead early. I, I don't remember if they led it at the end of the first quarter, but, you know, they were close, uh, if not. You know, any anything to that? I mean, does – does I mean, can they – is it possible to come out and, and just expend too much energy too early? It is, but I don't see any other way to do it. If you if you allow if you allow BG to get a lead and, and allow them to build a little bit, it, it's much harder. I think it's even harder to come back. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, you know, I, I, I don't, I think, I don't think pink, I don't think Exeter has any choice than to come out and, and try and take any, any opportunity they can to score and score as quickly as they can. Um, they've got to take advantage of, of the energy when they have it and the momentum when they have it. Do you, do you ever get to, do you think they ever would get to a point? So let's say they do start off fast. Uh, they get up five, uh, one, let's say, um, you know, is there at any point you think they try to just take the air out of the ball? Or is it just you can, but I don't. It, they, they'll try. They can try. They can try, but I don't think I don't think BG will allow them to play. You know, we we've, right. we've talked that their their defense is is incredible. I mean, Sullivan, Ahern, Cranny. I mean, they're they're not going to allow you to do that. They're going to press out and they're going to take the ball away and and take chances and know that if we give up a couple goals, like we we've got the weapon at the faceoff. We've got JJ Murphy. Um, you know, we just need the ball. And, and I, I, I don't see, I really don't see BG sitting back and allow teams to throw the ball around the horn. I think maybe you'd get away with it for one possession right. and then they'd, they'd adjust and say, look, we're not letting them do that anymore. You know, you know, God forbid it. If a team was ever able to take two or three minutes off the clock, God bless them. Like that, <laughs> I, that would be, that would be pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that game, uh, BG versus Exeter is is going to be Saturday at Bedford at uh, 4:30 p.m. Playing the the D1 game earlier uh, this year, uh, it's a little bit of a, a different uh, you know time change there. Don't don't show up at Bedford at seven if you're you're you want to see that game because um, you will have missed it. Uh, so the other game that we've got going on Saturday at Bedford, uh, the D2 final uh, Saturday night at uh, 
I was, you know, I was just about to say seven, but did they bump that one to seven thirty? A seven thirty start, or is it a seven o'clock start there? Oh no, it is a seven thirty start. So that one, uh, you've got, of course, uh, Portsmouth. We talked a little bit earlier um, about that. Uh, your game with them yesterday, and then um, for the first time in program history, we know we know this is the first time. Uh, Timberlane uh, in the final after their fourteen to ten win over Kingswood. Um, you know, just. Um, you know, we, we said earlier in the year about Timberlane that, that they're the team that probably no one wants to face in the playoffs. And, um, I, I mean, if I were Portsmouth, I don't know. I mean, what, I mean, is this – they did play twice during the regular season. Portsmouth won both those games, um, pretty low-scoring games. Um, but, I mean, we've seen Timberlane put up uh, 28 goals now in their last two games. Um, you know, are they uh, – I mean, are they playing probably their best lacrosse right now? I think they are playing their best lacrosse. I think it's, I think it's a different, um, I think it, I think it was a different caliber of talent. They were going up the last couple of weeks than maybe what they saw during the regular season when they were playing Winnicott and Portsmouth and Wyndham and, you know, teams like that on a regular, on a regular basis. Um, you know, but I do think they're playing with a tremendous amount of confidence right now. Um, Eric George, eight goals. Um, and he had, a, I know he had a big game against Hollis as well. The game before that. Yep. Seven, um, seven goals in that one. So, so 15 goals in his last two 15, games. Yeah. Uh, Brady Marston playing really well, really hot net right now had eight saves in the, in the game against Kingswood. Um, you know, I, I think they've got weapons. I think that their hallmark is, is defense, right? Joe Schivel, um, you know, he's coming on, he's coming on. He's a name that they didn't talk about a whole lot coming into the season, but you know, all the talk was about Savage, right. And, yeah. and, and rightfully so he was a, he was a great player. He was first team all state. He was our defensive player of the year. Um, but you know, they, they've got some guys that can get out on hands and really disrupt. And I think that that's what they're going to try and do to Portsmouth. They're going to come out there and they're going to try, they're going to try and uh, dictate the tempo and get, I think they're going to try and get out and transition an awful lot. Um, Cause I, I do think I having played Portsmouth a few times and, and they have as well, Portsmouth plays really good six on six defense. And it's really difficult to get a match up there where you can consistently beat your guy one-on-one to draw a slide or get the defense to rotate. They, they match beat really well and, and they play good solid six on six defense. So, you know, we, we did not get enough uh, transition yesterday. And, um, you know, I think, but I think that's a way that you can, you can get up on Portsmouth and then play solid defense. That that's the winning formula there is get some easy goals in transition and then continue to play a good solid six on six defense. Um, Cause if you look at Portsmouth scores this year too, they've just done a really good job of winning low scoring games. They haven't exactly lit up the scoreboard this year either, um, but they, they know how to win as a team and they do a really good job of it. Um you know, for them, I, I think, you know, it, it starts, and this is no surprise to anyone that's watching play, Mike Durkin, uh, great, great shifty little quick lefty there, explosive. Uh, Zach Amend, a freshman who's playing really well, righty, and then, uh, you know, Nick Smith in the faceoff circle. That That's going to be a big thing, too, is, you know, Timberlane has struggled in the port, in the uh, faceoff circle all year. How do they handle that? Do they, are they able to, do they double pull the wings and try and get a 50-50 do they do they roll them back and try and you know create a create sort of a riding opportunity through the game there? So you know if uh, if Nick Smith's able to that that's the other thing if Nick Smith is able to pop it forward and get a couple cheap ones you know from the from the faceoff circle that changes the dynamic of the game too and makes it even harder for uh, Timberlane there. So there'll there'll be some interesting chess match is going on during this game here. 
Um, and I get two teams that have played each other and know each other pretty well. So it'll be, it'll be kind of interesting to see what adjustments the two teams make. How do you, how do you see it going? So you, so you mentioned, you mentioned the defense for both sides and I will say, um, you know, look, just looking at their scores. Um, I mean, Timberlane's allowed, you know, more than, uh, allowed double digit goals twice this year. Uh, that first game of the season against Winnicott, which from what I understand, you can kind of maybe just throw out the window because it didn't sound like that was a game that they were fully, you know, in, in game mode for. Um, and then they, they gave up 13 in a 13-11 uh, a loss to, to Wyndham uh, kind of midway through the season or later in the season. Um, you know, and, and having seen them early in the year, middle of the year, and then that, that playoff game last week against uh, Hollis Brookline, I will say, I mean, their defense has been solid throughout. Offensively, they look so much different now um, than they did. I remember watching that first game against Nashua South, and it seemed like every time they had an opportunity to to get out into transition, um, they were slowing the ball down and getting set up and trying to run their offense, uh, almost intentionally being conservative and slow, um, you know, not trying to, to go too fast. And, and I think against Hollis, it was a 180. They were up and down the field. Um, it was, it was watch, like watching a completely different team. So, I mean, that's, I think that's something that, that maybe, you know, Portsmouth has to take into account. I mean, it's been, it's been probably almost six weeks since they played. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, it, it could be a, a different Timberlane team than they saw back then. Um, well, it'll cert- it'll certainly be a, a more confident Timberlake right. team. It'll be a team that'll come in and won't be won't be scared. I, I do think this is a game though where you will have you will have two teams that you'll have to see how they reacted being in the championship game. Absolutely. And as a program, yeah. Portsmouth has been in the championship a lot over the last couple of years. However, there's very few kids yeah. on this current team that have been a part of those those championship teams and and um, you know final four teams in the past. And the kids that were, you know, um, they were young at the time and they weren't guys that were, they weren't coming off the bench. They weren't getting time. So, right. you know, it's two teams that have never, essentially never been in this situation before. So if there is going to be a game where, you know, you're going to see guys under the lights and, and how they react, that this is going to be one of those games here. But yeah, you know, the other, the other side of that too, um, Portsmouth's defense has been even better. I mean, if you look at just looking at the numbers, um, I don't. They haven't allowed more than nine goals all year. So I mean, that's, yeah. That, I mean, as well as maybe Timberlane's playing offensively, that's that's going to be tough um, to to overcome. And you're right. There, I'm looking at Portsmouth Portsmouth roster. They have I think five seniors uh, on the roster, and um, yeah, I don't think any of them. I mean, they would have been freshmen uh, if I'm, my math is right. The last time that Portsmouth was in a championship game. So yeah, that's going to be. It, it, it's probably going to be a first quarter, a low-scoring first quarter with a lot of turnovers, uh, and maybe a lot of uh, a lot of saves where balls are just going right into the goalie um, yep. early on. But yep. I mean, I'm you it, know I think uh, no, go, ahead. go for it, go for it. Well, I was just going to say, I'm, but it is. I mean, with that said, I'm really looking forward to seeing this matchup because I I don't know. I think it's going to be it, it, like we said, Portsmouth won uh, the two regular season games. Um, nine three and four to two. Um, I think this is going to be a, a pretty exciting game. I think it might come down to the fourth quarter. Um, I, I, you know, it could. Just... It very, it very well could. It very well could, depending on how you know, 
uh, they, you know, they, they don't, they don't give up. Portsmouth doesn't give up a lot of goals. They don't score a lot of goals and that can, that can be a good and a bad thing, right? You sort of leave teams in games sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I'm really excited to see the, the goaltending battle. I mean, Brady, we talked about Brady Marston yeah. playing well right now. Um, Skylar Nicolaitis, he's, he's playing great as well right now. You know, he, he had some big saves in our game. Um, big body lefty takes up a lot of space. Um, you know, and, and playing really well right now. So uh, excited to see. Yeah, very excited to see this game. You know, the other thing, I'm sorry, going back to, to Timberlane's offense too, the, the one thing that we pr- probably haven't mentioned at any point, you know, you look at it, I mean, we were talking about them last year as, you know, they were still in D1. Um, you know, we, they probably would have been, been more competitive because they had arguably two of their better offensive players in the program's history on that team in, in, in Matt Licata and, and Cody, Cody Fleming. Um, you know, both graduate and you, you got to think, well, you know, how are they going to get better by losing those two guys? And it's almost one of those, like now that, that, you know, everybody's kind of an option, it kind of opens the door, you know, it it maybe makes them a little bit more solid because you're not, you know, it's not one or two guys getting theirs first and then everybody else, you know, fitting in. It's, it's just, everybody's an option now. I, I've definitely had that experience as a coach. I've had, I've had years at Dairyfield where, where, People are like, whoa, we've lost our two best guys. How are we going to? Well, then then everybody that year that everybody was with them, they got better. And then all of a sudden they know now, hey, we're a better team if we all contribute. You know, if, if there isn't a way to stop one guy, I mean, that's, you know, the hallmark of, of my teams over the last few years is that fine. If you want to take away one guy, well, then somebody else steps up. Right. And that, right. that does happen a lot of times when, you know, you have a team that's dominated by one or two players and then they graduate. And now the other kids are like, you know what, we're going to be a better team if we all work together and we can distribute, we distribute that ball equally. Um, so I, I, I do think there's a little bit of that happening at Timberlane right now. So no, uh, I although know I'm sure they gladly take if Lakata <laughs> walked back through that door, I'm sure they gladly <laughs> yeah, take prob- it. Probably. Second. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. Um, no, um, unfortunately, no real uh, fun trivia like uh, like with the D1 game here that I can come up with. Um, you know, as we said for Timberlane, this is the first time uh, that they've made it to the final. Um, Portsmouth has been there uh, three times before, of course, uh, in 2017, 2018, and D2, um, losing to Dairyfield. And then uh, you got to go back to uh, 2008 when they were in Division Three. They made the final and uh, lost to Hollis Brookline that year. Um, you know, so, so either way, we're going to have a first time champion, um, which is, you know, it's pretty fun and, 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 and can be huge for either program too. Uh, you know, being able to say that, that you were, you know, this program's a championship program. Um, I mean, that does, that does a lot to change just kind of the, um, you know, just the way the program's looked at, whether it's within the school or without the school too, or outside the school. Absolutely. And, and a long time coming for, for either program. Um, you know, I, I think back to Timberlane somewhere, Gary Sherman is smiling right now. Gary Sherman was the, one of the original uh, creators of, of Timberlane, Timberlane lacrosse and, and did a lot for there. I remember his kid, kid played for me and, and Tomahawks. And uh, you know, it's great to see that program, everything that Ken Blask has done for, for those, for the program to build it back up. It, it had definitely hit a low point for a little while. And now to see it bounce back there, and then, uh, you know, of course, for, for Coach Vischer, who celebrated his 100th win this season, and he's been with the program since, since 2008, since, that, since that, uh, that championship run they had, and, and, and a great, you know, whether as an assistant or as a head coach, um, you know, it's crazy to think about all the great players that have come through there and, and the great teams they've had, and, and this could be their first championship. So 
um, you know, very exciting for both for both guys. Uh, I'm I'm conflicted. I love both these coaches, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's it's hard for me to pick a side to root for right now because uh, both these guys really deserve to be there and, and deserve a chance to win. Well, see, you're you're uh, you could be in my shoes. I'm just I I am a, a fully objective observer. I have no opinions uh, or, or feelings either way. Um, I just want to see a really good game. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on on D two or or we? I mean, uh, do we want to? We didn't d- uh, delve into your uh, your semifinal. I think as much as the the Timberlane one, but um, do we want to? Do we want to chat about that? Or we're we ready to move on? We to can. D3? We can. Sure. I mean, we can. You know, real real quickly. I, I, you know, from my standpoint, I'll tell you, it was a it was a really fun game. Um, you know, it was, it was low scoring. Again, a little bit of a chess match. Two teams that knew each other really well. Uh, you know, Portsmouth went up, went up two nothing. We we come back, we chip away, we get it to we get it to two two at the half. Uh, you know, big shout out to my goaltender Jackson Snyder who who played the way that we we all knew he could play, yeah. and and kept it kept us in things and and uh, made some amazing one on one saves and uh, really helped us turn momentum in that first half. And then, uh, you know, third quarter comes along. We work really hard. We get we we finally get a lead towards the end of the third quarter. We go up three to two and, and true to form Portsmouth strikes right back, right. And ties it up three, three, and we're, we're headed to the fourth in a, in a three, three game, you know, and that's, that's all you can ask for in a, in a semifinal game is to have a chance to win in the fourth quarter. And um, you know, it, it took until the last six minutes of that, that fourth quarter for, for one team Portsmouth to, uh, to pull, pull ahead there. And even with that said, we, we had a chance to, to pull within one with still, you know, uh, over, over a minute left on the clock. Uh, you know, Portsmouth goalie makes a save and, and they're able to, uh, you know, then from then on, you know, run out the clock at that point. And, uh, you know, just uh, I couldn't couldn't be involved in a better game again. Never, never like never like losing. But, uh, you know, love the battle, uh, respect, respect Coach Fisher and respect the, the opponent that we went up against. And, um, you know, I'm looking looking forward to seeing how his kids respond going to the championship there. They they spent a lot of energy. So now they're going to have to. They're going to have the emotional energy too, you yeah. know, and so now they're going to have to get it back up again for uh, for Saturday. Yeah, how many how many times do you see that, you know, not just at the high school level, but maybe college or, or pros, where you know a team finally gets over the hump in that earlier round, uh, and then just has nothing left when it gets to the final. Um, the, you know that they almost kind of they almost kind of climb their mountain, you know, around earlier, and then. Uh, you know, almost almost better that that, that game was uh, around later. You know, in in some ways, just because of all of the emotion that goes along with it. I I think I'd be more worried about it if it was like the college playoffs where you only had a day in between the, the right, championships. Yeah, I yeah. think I think with uh, I think with two days to prepare and and you know you kind of you almost throw today away and you say look we're just going to come out we're going to run you know we're going to do some drills and just have some fun out here enjoy the win from last night and then Friday you refocus and you get you get back to work and you know, dive into your game plan for Saturday. I think both teams may probably have that, you know, across the board, D one through D three might have that approach um, just given how hot it was the other day. And, and like we said, the emotional energy that it takes out of you when you win that semifinal. So the, uh, the third game on Saturday, uh, a little bit different this year. No, no triple header uh, out at Exeter. The D three game is going to be played up at Laconia, um, Laconia high school. Uh, at five o'clock on Saturday, and it will feature uh, the Plymouth Bobcats and the Trinity Pioneers. Um, Trinity with a um, 
Uh, let's get it in front of me. A 12-7 win over Hopkinton uh, on Wednesday. And then Plymouth with a 10-6 win over Lebanon uh, in the other semifinal yesterday. Or, excuse me, uh, Wednesday. Um, you know, and, and uh, we kind of thought maybe that, um, you know, if, if whoever made it out of that Campbell trinity game in the opening round had a pretty good shot at getting here but uh trinity did not have uh i mean they had a pretty good game with hopkinton uh yesterday and and from what it sounds like needed a couple goals late in that game um to to pull away um you know when it sounds like though that it was kind of uh you know trinity's big three that that kind of kept them going and and um you know propelled them to that win yeah, impressive, impressive day from Tate Flint, uh, going with three goals and four assists and, and drawing arguably with probably the best defender in Division three and Stephen Newton Delgado, um, you know, very, uh, very aggressive, very strong defender, um, you know, and, and Tate, Tate did what the best players do. And I think that and, was, and still, um, I'm sorry, I think that was a matchup between offensive player of the year and defensive player of the year in D3, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're correct. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and just incredible um, matchup. You know, uh, I you know another great job. Brady Watts coming back from injury there, winning ten of seventeen faceoffs. Um, you know, I, I it's a pretty good, pretty good day, pretty good day at the uh, pretty good day at the X for him. And on top of that, taking all those all those faceoffs in the Heat, still has three goals and three assists as well. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's it's like you know who Trinity's guys are, but you still got to stop them. You know, right. it was uh, it so. Um, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see them in the championship. It's a team that I think both, I mean, you and I were pretty confident that, that we might see them in the championship when we started this in the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, the only, the thing that, that kind of made me uh, question that was just their opening draw with getting, with getting Campbell. Um, you know, cause I would, I would argue that Campbell was a, a you know, a top four team in the division this year too. Um, you know, they, oh, I didn't. I didn't mean at the beginning of the playoffs. I meant oh, at the beginning, the beginning of the year, of the year. when well, we were doing okay, our, well, when we were doing our preseason, when we were doing our preseason. Yeah, I, was, I think, if we're being honest, yeah, I think both you and I felt that that you know it was a tough draw for for Trinity to get yeah, Campbell absolutely. in that opening round, yeah. Yeah. given how well Campbell was playing at the time, and that 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 was a phenomenal win yeah. uh, for them there. Yeah, definitely, so. definitely before the season. Yeah, it did sound like that that Trinity had kind of the horses to to get to this point. Um, you know, and 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 they the you know they did they um, and went through some pretty good teams on the way too with with um, you know Campbell. Uh, Pelham, who was a little down this year, but but you know had been in the finals in 2019, and um, actually the last time that Trinity was in the final, that's who they beat was Pelham, um, you know, and, and going through the, the knocking out the the three time defending champs in Hopkinton, um, you know, so yeah, it's a, a just a great run by them, um, and you know they got one more to to try to get well, what year was that 2015 I think that the last time that they uh, they were in the finals, um, yeah, that was a 2015. Uh, I believe that was an overtime game too. They beat Pelham seven to six. Um, I'm pretty sure that game went to overtime, which was which was kind of fun. It was the um, I don't know if you if how well you remember, but it was the first year that they the NHIA did have the triple header out at Exeter. So that was the very first game of this like three days of of fire, or the Super Saturday, if you will. Um, oh, I, re yeah. I remember it, Joe. Th <laughs> thanks for bringing that up because we, we lost in overtime as well that year. So, yes, I, I remember that one very well. I remember watching them lose and then and then uh, I don't know why it just didn't feel right. And we, we went to uh, we went to overtime as well with Goffstown and lost that year, too. So, uh, yeah, tough, tough year to remember. Thanks. Joe. Well, yeah, but, you know, <laughs> but you know what? Uh, after that game, though, and, and, and in hindsight, 
uh, the nerve of me to do this. I, I last that was actually when when the seeds were planted for uh, the first edition of of uh, the season featuring Dairyfield. I don't know if you remember that. You're right. So, so if there yeah. was anything you did, you did. And, uh, and, and I do remember, I do remember, uh, that conversation and thinking, yep, let's do this. Yeah. So and that I, was, that, it, in hindsight, um, wow. Did I have some guts back then? Cause I, I mean, uh, you know, we, we'd, <laughs> we talked before I'd covered your games before we kind of knew each other, but, but you know, it, it was one of those. It's like, yeah, maybe this guy would be interested in doing that. Let's, let's ask him after he's lost a championship game. That's a great idea. Hey, you uh, you miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't <laughs> take, right? So, I could have waited a couple of weeks, you know, like send you. Oh, hey, by the way, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it all worked out. Yeah, it all worked yeah. out in the end. So, uh, but yeah, that um, that was a tremendous day. By I mean, aside from um, from that, I mean, those three games that that year, because um, that was also the year that that Pinkerton uh, snapped BG's uh, five year run of championships. So that was uh, just a phenomenal day of, of lacrosse. Just we get sidetracked here. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll Trin- get back to the D three championship in a minute here. We'll Trinity, get back to that it was, that was their last, um, last time in the final, maybe actually their only championship game appearance now is that I'm looking back through this. Yeah. That's the, the last time that they were in the, or the only time that they've been in the finals. And for Plymouth, um, this is the first time that they've been in a championship game. Uh, I remember they came close, um, a couple of times previously in, in, in D three, but, um, you know, oh, uh, I remember they took us. They took us to overtime in 2013. They had Kuehl uh, and Riser, two uh, two linebackers who went on to <laughs> UNH to play football there. That we we could uh, we did not it being being the Dairyfield School. We did not match up real well without a football team, and uh, we had to basically just shut them off and face guard them for the right. Those, those are the days when you could actually do that in lacrosse. Still, I don't know if you can do that anymore. Yeah. Well, you can legally do that, but. Uh, it's a lot harder to do that nowadays, and uh, they they were monsters, man. That Plymouth Plymouth grows them big up there. They, uh, you know, and looking at their scores, I think that's they must have a. I, I think they got a pretty good defense this year. They're they're holding teams to to low scores here this year. Yeah, I believe they. Um, yeah, they had a, re- a returning goalie and uh, Jacob Marcou, um, just a junior. Um, I think he's been, uh, I mean, obviously been solid for them all year. Um, you know, unfortunately, didn't get to see too many highlights from that game. Uh, against Lebanon, um, but I, I think they kind of got out to a lead there and, and were able to hold them off at the end. Um, you know, so yeah, really excited. Again, uh, this is kind of um, even more of the unknown here. I mean, obviously, the other two games we had teams that played each other twice in the regular season, and here we've got. I mean, I don't even know if did, did either of these teams even have a common opponent. You really don't have comparable scores. That's the other thing too. You yeah. really, you really don't. It's it's uh, you know, it's hard to tell. I mean. Looking again, it, it's hard to tell because Plymouth played Kingswood in the. I'm trying to get at least a sense of you know how they, oh, they played Kingswood yeah, yeah. earlier in the year, right? And it, it you know they they lost 10-4 and they lost six three, so it tells me that they were okay at the beginning. But you know that the first games of the season, how do you you, you know you, it's hard to judge that. But this was a team that you know you uh, were looking at coming. At, you know we were talking about Campbell, we were talking about Trinity and Hopkinton. You kind of you kind of saw the way Plymouth was playing, and you said that might be a team that you know people aren't going to want to see in the playoffs. There, they seem to be getting hot at the right at the right time. And um, yeah, so you were definitely the, correct. Yeah, that was the case. I mean, and they closed out. Um, you know, they they ended a year with a loss to the regular season with a loss to Kennett. So, I, I mean, I wonder if that was maybe just the game that um, 
you know, maybe they rested some guys or something. Um, you never know. You yeah. never know. I mean, they only they only beat Kenneth eight to seven the, the day before that. So that, that could have been a week. Maybe, they, you know, you, it, it was COVID year, right? You don't know. <laughs> you they might have been know. missing. Yeah. They might have been yeah. missing some kids. People could have been hurt. Um, you, you never know what was what was going on during those weeks. But I look at the the weeks before that they rattled off some pretty good victories uh, and we're holding holding opponents to some pretty low scores. So. Um, you know, this will, this will be, it'll be interesting. Do they have guys that can shut down the big three, you know, from, from Trinity there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that game, uh, that'll be a five o'clock start up at Laconia. Um, you know, hopefully someone's up there, um, filming that game so that, uh, those of us that can't be in two places at the same time, um, you know, are, are able to, to see something later on. Um, I'm, I'm speaking specifically for myself at this point. Um, despite all my efforts, I've still not figured out how to be in multiple places at the same time. Um, working on it though. Um, what are, what are you about, you know, are do you have any, any, are you, you planning on hitting any of these games up on Saturday? Will I, will I see you at Bedford? Uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping to be at Bedford. I am part of the NHI lacrosse committee. And so, uh, looking forward to trying to, to help out and do what I can do there to give back and, uh, yeah, so looking looking forward to those two games. Sad I can't be up to you know it, it would be cool if all the games were at, at the same location again this year. Yeah. And I understand yeah. just couldn't do couldn't do that couldn't make it work for this year. But uh, hopefully we'll get back to that next year. Um, but yeah, excited to see some really good lacrosse on on Saturday. So I, if uh, you know if you end up being the guy that's handing out the awards at the end uh, when you give out the plaques, make sure you know just kind of keep an eye out for me. I'll try to direct you what direction to to be in so I can get the best photos there. You can, you can help me out a little bit. there. <laughs> Absolutely. At least I can do. <laughs> All right. Well, before we go, I just want to uh, once again, thank our, uh, our sponsor for the playoff shows, uh, Roger Howe of the bean group. Uh, you know, so if you're looking for sell, looking to sell your home, uh, give Roger a call. You can reach him at 800-450-7784 or 603-247-1583 uh, or his email is roger at r how realestate.com uh chris uh for being uh, uh our second show of the week i think uh i think we uh i think we nailed it uh yeah <laughs> well we're we'll not, see. We're we'll, not give too, it a yeah. we'll give it a listen in the morning and we'll see we're not uh, you know what we didn't we didn't exert ourselves too much on monday um I, although we came close um you know and we we, we made it through and uh I, I don't know about you but i'm ready for some championship games on saturday I am absolutely ready for some championship right. games. I, I'm I'm so happy that we made it this far, given where we were at this time last year, and yeah. lamenting uh, seniors going off to college that didn't get this chance. So uh, it's it's great. It's gonna be it's gonna be fantastic to to get to crown some champions this weekend. All right. He is uh, Dairy Field AD and Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Uh, Chris, thanks again. Absolutely, Joe. Looking forward to Saturday. I am Joe Marcellina. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you on our regular day next week on Thursday. Uh, everyone, enjoy this weekend.